This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024, and we are now 77 days away from the NFL draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome into the draft show presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on. This segment is brought to you by your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. We've got Nick Harris, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans with Chris Beam running everything in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Oh, I already said that. Uh, Welcome in, everybody. Glad you're with us. A little Black Rifle Coffee get us ready to go today and talk a little bit more draft. I I might just be a little bit shaken up because of an article I read this morning on DallasCowboys.com that this defensive coordinator search is going to happen into next week. Could. Could happen into next week. Nick Harris wrote that article. Yeah, front office is willing to to expand it into next week. uh, They're conducting another interview this morning with uh, New York Jets safeties coach Marquand uh, Manuel. So... Uh, and I, I don't expect that to be the last name thrown into the mix. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a far and wide search. I know uh, some people on Twitter were, were happy that it's starting to expand and that it's, it's a thorough look through. Um, and then there's some others that are like, ah, there's no plan after Dan Quinn left. How could they? So, you know, you get both sides of the coins with this fan base sometimes. I don't know if you can say there's no <laughs> plan it, just because the search is taking longer. They may go yeah. with whoever we thought where they were going to go with. I know my pick would be... Mike Zimmer, I I think they still could go with Mike Zimmer. But there's nothing wrong with expanding a search and and taking a look at other candidates because the only way you get bit by that is if you get a coordinator candidate taken by another team. Most of the teams that have new staffs or exchanging staffs have already come to that conclusion, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at open coordinator spots, as you said. It's it's not as, as open as it maybe would have been two, yeah. three weeks ago had Quinn taken a job at that point. So I don't think there's necessarily a race against any team. Uh, you look at the Seattle Seahawks. They're trying to put together a defensive coordinator, and uh, Aiden yeah. Dirty is interviewing for that spot as well. So um, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. I know Aiden Dirty had a strong interview this week uh, with the Cowboys front office. So um, certainly in the mix. Uh, Dirty, Zimmer, those are the top two candidates I would put in 1A, 1B type type roles right now what did you guys think about the is it i don't want to mispronounce his name manuel marquand manuel yeah okay Raquan. you got it manuel okay yeah. uh Former how Jets um, defensive coach yes 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 um what did you think about him being interviewed yeah I think it's a it's a step towards the front office looking at young assistants. You know, uh, he he played for um, um, Mike McCarthy back when uh, McCarthy was with the Packers. So there's a little bit of a connection there. Uh, he was a DC under Quinn uh, in in Atlanta, so has coordinator experience. Um, it, it would be an interesting route. Uh, I don't know enough about his scheme, about his uh, of coaching style, anything like that. Um, but uh, as, as far as casting a wide net, I think that's probably the biggest point you could take off of the Cowboys bringing him in for an interview. Okay, check. Uh, just because Isaiah Stanback on Talking Cowboys earlier this week <laughs> threw out a name and it, it kind of hit the wind and it worked out for him and Rex yeah. Ryan, uh, I'm going to say uh, my my name is going to be Ken Norton Jr. That's going to be my name that I think will pop up in this. He, former defensive coordinator with the Seahawks, played with the Cowboys uh, back in the, the 2000s and, and had uh, a solid career here in 2000s, back in the 90s. Uh, won a couple Super Bowls with them as well. So he was at UCLA this past year as a linebackers coach, and they got a pretty good draft prospect coming out in Darius Musial, who we've talked about a couple times on this show. But since it is the draft show, I want to spend this time, and of course we'll have Bobby, Brian, and Zach back next week. They are still out at Radio Row for Super Bowl week and and really enjoying their time out there. Mm -hmm. But I want to take this time to just throw out some names that you guys have been watching, that everybody's kind of had their eyes on. Let's do some tell me more, some scouting reports, and I want it to be your favorite watch this week, Isaiah, or Isaiah, Aisha, I said Isaiah a moment ago. Aisha. Wrong show. Yeah, wrong show, Isaiah. Uh, Aisha. I want you to tell me your best watch that you've seen so far since the week started. Oh, man, that's hard. Um, I'm going to go with my fresh eyes. Uh, all right. Um, Nazir Stackhouse, Georgia inside D lineman. Mm. Um, he, that's a great name for an interior defensive player. It is. It's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's kind of, it's kind of different. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've been, I was, uh, I was looking at his play and, and I was looking at some of the things he was capable of. Um, 
Uh, I wrote down he can knock a guy back on one-on-ones. He can find the ball carrier and shed and tackle consistently because that's something that I'm noticing from some of the DTs in this draft is that can they shed and tackle? Sure. But can they do it consistently? Some of them cannot. This guy can do it consistently. He displays a lot of patience as a run defender. Um, He doesn't get too high. He drives and extends his arms. He takes on double teams with leverage, but he also can read well enough to split double teams at times. Um, He has fantastic range that allows him to redirect the defender to their doom is what I said. Um, the overall movement, uh, given his size, is 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 nice, especially with his play strength. Um, they challenged him to step up with the loss of uh, Davis and Carter at Georgia, and he did that. Yeah. I felt like he filled in very well for with those big. Those are big losses, you know, for Georgia in that interior. And I do think that he uh, definitely showed people that he can play the game at a high level this past year. He stood out to me. I know we're looking at. You know, we're not, people don't want to talk about inside D linemen right now, but I liked his play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Is he in the draft? Nazir Stackhouse. Yeah. Um, I can see if I have I'm, him on. I'm board. trying to find. I think he's in the 25 draft. Is I think he? He went back. He went back. I think he went. Don't back. make me cry. But it, here's the thing: the the article that I'm I'm looking at from Sports Illustrated says uh, six Bulldogs tapped his top prospects for the 2025 NFL draft, and he's one of those. I'm slipping guys. in the polls. That's okay. Okay, um, I can. Okay, well, it's a good I, eye though. Hey, it's fine. Just getting prep prep ready for next year. You're too. welcome, draft show fans. It's fine. You're okay, already okay, okay, ahead okay. of the game. Okay, I will point out a guy that interests me, but. He's 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 very much so a wild card. Okay, hear me out. Um, Eric Gentry, inside linebacker, USC. Yeah, he's he, definitely coming out. Yo, he's a, like a giraffe on the, <laughs> on the way, playing linebacker. Six six, um, Arizona State transfer. Um, he was a f- edge player before, and uh, uh, USC was like, hey, let's see if you can play some linebacker and. This dude has a seven-one wingspan. He's a nightmare. As Say far that as again. Seven, f- seven, seven. Seven foot one. Seven wingspan. foot one wingspan. That's insane. It's crazy, and you can see it um, when he's in coverage. Um, this is a guy that I think could thrive being in maybe a nickel scheme where he's uh, defending tight ends consistently because his length he can cover so much ground quickly. He's athletic. Um, um, I, I, uh, he's still improving his run fits, but he does read the RPO well for someone. Like it's very weird because I feel like there's if you look at a lot of these DNs and some of these guys, they don't play from some of the film study I've done. They don't play the RPO consistently well. This guy can do that, and I think that it's because of a lot of what he does in coverage. Um, he and then the athleticism also allows him to chase down people in pursuit. He did have a pretty serious ankle injury in 22, was able to come back from that. But the production is there. The only thing that people might worry about again is the frame because he is so he's lean, but he's not a big line. He's not a yeah. big physical linebacker. What was the weight you said again? Um, hold on, I got it down here. My bad. Let me see. I just it, wanted to see how wide he was to go along with the the length. No, and see. yeah, because it 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 varies with these guys. So yeah. I always I always try to make sure I'm not guesstimating with him uh, says he's 215 pounds okay so a little light so he's a little but he's light. light and lanky so he is time. yeah so i'm sure a coach possibly will want to put into his frame put a little bit more size on him if necessary oh i think it is necessary and like i said he is still developing as far as just consistently with his run fits but in coverage he's a problem and he's a problem because you have to place the ball do you have to place the ball correctly with him because he's going to take it out the air? He also had some interceptions in his career. I, I was he's he's someone to watch. I, again, I don't know what's going to happen with him because of the length and stuff in mm-hmm. his frame, but I was very interested in him. And, and I don't know if you guys will take some time to check him out too and see what you think. I've already starred him just because of the seven foot one wingspan. Yeah. That's got that, that's got me interested already. It's very crazy. Talk about the length. Mm-hmm. What you've been looking at? We've been there, looking Nick at. Yes. Yeah, so you've got like a slight grin on your face. So yeah, whoever you're excited. about to talk about, I know you're pumped about yeah i'm just excited about him because it's, it's a guy that I, I know pretty well um wow. going back to his high school days at temple high school down in central texas super syntax um, baby yes yeah, super, super syntax do y'all have a guess a, a temple high school guys or y'all y- y'all didn't go that deep just yet no <laughs> honestly i haven't even looked at high schools self. yet uh, so. anyway this guy caught my eye at the um at the senior bowl i've known about him for a while for gosh going on five years now tight end jared wiley at tcu gosh, um and um he was i want to start with the high school days as i do with these more than uh more to knows. Um, he played at Temple High School alongside Quentin Johnston, who's a, a first-round pick for the Chargers last year uh, and played as a first-round pick this past season. Um, 
Jared Wiley initially went to Texas, and then Quentin Johnston went to TCU. Um, Jared Wiley played two seasons at Texas, didn't get a lot of time on the field, um, hadn't really seen much development in his two seasons that he was there. And then some guy named Jatavian Sanders walked in the door and pretty much took the starting tight end job. So Jared Wiley hopped in the transfer portal, called his old buddy Quentin Johnston, said, hey, you think I could probably make the team as a tight end over there? Ended up in Fort Worth and uh, ended his uh, career in college as a first-team All-Big 12 member this past year. Uh, Was a really shining point on on this offense for TCU this past season. Uh, And then on their national championship team where they they went and got beat by uh, Georgia in the national championship. He was a big part of that team as well. So uh, had some didn't have crazy production at the college level, but he's physical. He's a playmaker. Whenever you see a a big-time tight end making a play in the Big 12, it's nine times out of ten it's going to be Jared Wiley or Mm -hmm. Jatavian Sanders. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what I saw from him at the Senior Bowl, or I'll give my take on him going into the Senior Bowl, I was seeing him as potentially a late day three type guy. I was like, look, I, I really like what he does from a playmaking standpoint. Can he be consistent though? Can that production translate to the NFL? When he went to the senior bowl first day, I, he was probably the best pass catcher, natural pass catcher that I saw uh, out of the group on both teams. Uh, he was making plays. He's physical in his route running. Uh, he's able to get a, at the top of his route and be able to break off with some separation. So he's got a little bit of speed there as well. Um, I, I really like J- Jared Wiley. And when you look at him, he's got these tattoos all down his uh, arms and legs. He reminds <laughs> you of Jake Ferguson in a way just because he's able to be so physical he has that dog in him if you go back and watch from TCU I mean he's getting in people's face and you know he's doing the first down markers in their in their face like Jake Ferguson but um, I think this is a guy that can sneak into the fourth fifth round and have similar production towards Jake Ferguson that he's had in his first two seasons if he lands on the right team with a team that needs it uh, that has a need for a playmaking type tight end cool. and an offense that can set him up to do that uh, six foot seven 260 pounds is what he's listed as on the TCU website I think he's he He's closer to probably six five and a half, six six. Uh, but still, I mean, he has that length, he has that size. He's able to translate that physicality whenever he's uh, out and route running. And uh, I, I like what he's done in run blocking as well. I, I think this is a, an all around tight end that I think could sneak into early day three, potentially late day two, uh, if he has a good combine as well. Experienced guy, twelve games, forty seven catches last year, five hundred and twenty yards. He also had eight touchdowns as well. So yeah. along with those. 47 catches he had eight scores and uh this is probably the most notable stat that i'm looking at here the fact that quarterbacks when targeting him had a 110 passer rating oh, reliable that's pretty good yeah that's if we if we're talking about the way that tight ends have played a factor in this offense across the hallway with the cowboys you need a reliable tight end you need a reliable target, a safety net. We talked about it with Dalton Schultz, now Jake Ferguson, even Jason Witten back when he was playing. Yeah. You need somebody like that, and, and it seems like Jared Wiley is there. With as much as we, we put a lot of emphasis on Big Ten tight ends with these Michigan and Iowas and uh, Wisconsins and all these tight ends that have come out from there, is there any worry based off of the Big 12 slate compared to the Big Ten slate? No, I wouldn't say so. I, the way offenses have been able to produce in the Big 12, gosh, for the better part of all of our lifetimes, sure. uh, I'm confident in an offensive weapon being able to come out and produce. Um, you, you like him or Sanders more? I love Sanders. It's going to be yeah. Sanders for me. But uh, the thing about Jatavian Sanders is his athleticism out is of Texas, through the, the roof. Yeah, correct. Um, his athleticism is through the roof. And um, you, you look at some of the catches that he made last season in Texas. It's, it's, it's really, really legit. The, my only concern with Jatavian Sanders is consistent health. He battled injuries uh, each of the last two seasons throughout the year, missed a game here and there. Um, but I, I think that's just going to come with a little bit more experience. What's interesting about Jatavian Sanders, if I can kind of be a sicko about him for a minute, go for it. Um, came out of Denton Ryan High School, um, which uh, we talked about in Monty Bailey on Tuesday, also came out of Denton Ryan. They were both on that state championship team in 2019. He was coming out as a pass rusher, as a defensive end. That was mm-hmm. what he was supposed to be going into college. That's what we had ranked him as at the uh, on the recruiting sites because he looked looked more natural as a pass rusher, but he was still making these wild one-handed catches on the offensive side of the ball, playing tight end and outside receiver. So he goes to Texas um, it had other schools involved, Alabama, Oklahoma, but goes to Texas and within the first couple of weeks of fall camp ends up being a tight end. And he's like, no, this guy's going to play tight end from what we heard down in Austin. It's like, no, nah, this guy, he's, he runs routes. He know he has a developed route tree. He can run block. We're going to try him on offense. And if it doesn't work out, we know he'll work on the defensive side. Well, it worked out. And now he's probably going to be an early second round tight end <laughs> yeah i mean when you mentioned the injuries uh a tight end that comes to mind was uh kincaid 
Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people were worried about his injuries and some of the things with him. But he came out the season with the Bills and was productive with them and, and showed that he was able to be resilient in that way. So I injuries matter. They do. They do matter. But I, I am kind of at a place, too, where I'm giving players the chance to, to write that, you know, to, to show that they can stay healthy and be able to play the game at a high level as well. I know this is kind of looking in, into retrospective a little bit, but did it surprise you that the run of tight ends happened when it did? I, I kind of would have expected it to happen in the 20s last year. And I, I, I bring that up to the point of it was such a stacked tight end class last yeah, year, it was. objectively. Um, and that run didn't happen until, I guess, 35 is when it really started to pick up with Laporta, pick Laporta and went off the board. And then a lot of teams, yeah. I think, jumped the gun and wanted to go get somebody. Dallas was sitting there waiting in the second round, wanting a tight end. Of course, yeah. they ended up taking Luke Schoonmaker. But I I, I think I agree with you because you, you, we were talking about if Kincaid falls to the Cowboys, if Mayer out of Notre Dame falls to the Cowboys, if you have Laporta that's there, would you even entertain the option? And then boom, 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 they all kind of went off the yeah. board, but it was later than what you thought. Yeah, and is that a, more speaking towards the value of the position or just kind of draft day you know, shenanigans? I mean, you run that draft back 10 more times, and you probably get that run in the 20s a couple more times. I think people really value the position. Yeah. I think it's it's it can really change, which you can do offensively. We've seen it with this team, how it opened up things. When it wasn't at the beginning of the season when you yeah. weren't getting anything from your tight end, really when Jake Ferguson did become a guy that other teams had to worry about you saw people rolling coverage to him you saw people allocating to be able to stop him I do think the position has become um, intricate to what you do offensively but then also too when you look at some of the better offenses in the league guess what they got good tight ends mm, yeah. and so I do think that that was a big part of like people looking around the league and saying, okay, well, these teams made it. They had a consistent tight end. They could run 12 personnel to counter the, the nickel and things like that. So, yeah, I, 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 it was surprising, but we were, we were ready for it, though. I felt like we were yeah. ready for it last year when it happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the one thing, like you said, it values the position because a lot of those guys went earlier than we were even anticipating going up in that early part of the second round. But it, it, it was draft shenanigans. Yes, if they that ran too. that back today, yeah. Sam Laporta would be higher. Dalton Kincaid, I think, would be higher. Okay. Yeah, you you have guys that would be back in that, that category. So I think it was a little bit of draft day shenanigans. Maybe the fact that those quarterbacks were falling and there was kind of yeah. a weird thing with Will Levis there, too, kind of played a factor into it. But, uh, yeah, it, I'd be curious, it's definitely interesting to think about. I'd be curious to know what GMs think about how much time they put into the tight end class last year. Mm -hmm. Takes Sam Laporta out of the equation because he was just phenomenal. I think he met expectations in exceeded them. Mm -hmm. Dalton Kincaid met, but you look at Michael Mayer, probably didn't. didn't. You no. look at Luke Schoonmaker, probably didn't. didn't. Um, so I, I'd be curious to know what GMs think about how much time and effort that they put into those top round tight ends last year, and if they would kind of feel the same way going into this year. Uh, obviously, the tight end class is much different. The tight end crop is much different going into future drafts, but um, I, I'd be curious to know if there's any, you know, mm, if there's any difference in the approach yeah. towards the tight end we position. We talked about this, though, is the, the flip of everybody want athletic tight ends huh that's mm -hmm. that's the new yeah. wave huh because it, it was the at some point in time it was you wanted a guy like a michael mayers like somewhat when you look at him you're like oh it's a tight end you the want somebody that can block yes the yeah. traditional field that can play in line and stuff but yo like we're definitely seeing that these more athletic tight ends are giving people trouble um and i do also think it it speaks to um what the linebacker positions become and how people use their safeties in the big nickel and in the coverage ability from some of these dbs and stuff are able to match better with some of these tight ends you need a guy that has some yak ability can break tackles get up field and do things uh, block as well you know what i'm saying but at the same time what else can you give me in the receiving game i think it's so much easier to key in on an offense when they don't have a, the middle of the field being utilized consistently yep. with with a, a tight end so i i it's interesting to me to see how the conversation has changed with the tight end position yeah it has changed and i mean look at the four teams that made it to the conference title games too mm -hmm. and I mean, you've got George Kittle for the 49ers, Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, Sam Laporta for the Lions. And then I know he didn't necessarily help them get there, but Mark Andrews is still one of the better tight ends when he's healthy in the NFL. So uh, with all that being said, having a good, athletic, versatile tight end who can block, who can receive, who can do a lot of things helps you out a lot. I don't know if the Cowboys are really in the mood for a tight end this year. Yeah, I, definitely not. This you've is got more Jake of a, Ferguson. Definitely not. This got, is more of a large scope yep. view of the tight end position. That's and, the beauty of this show. So I, we don't always have to talk Cowboys. I do want to ask y'all though. Like, well, I mean, are they? 
I mean, we're saying they're not, but Jake Ferguson is the only guy they gave you anything consistently. Mm-hmm. You're betting on Schoonmaker developing more as a receiver, yep. betting on it. We don't know what's going to happen with Hendershot because you he didn't had get a very, anything from Hendershot. Had an up and down year from here. Uh, John Stevens, who is somebody that. I think he could have used mm-hmm. um, coming back from the ACL. Don't know when he's going to be fully ready to insert himself. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah. we could say, okay, they're not going to touch tight end. But at the same time, what do you have really depth-wise that's proven yeah. at this point? And I know they may not touch it as early as, you know, second round or something yeah. like that. But at the same time, like, day three, we can't guarantee, yeah, we can't guarantee that Schoonmaker is going to become a viable pass option. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if there's quite a bit of effort put into the undrafted free agent market for tight end. I'd like that too. Just the, the number of tight the number of draft picks that the Cowboys have going into this year. I I'd be surprised if it's a tight end, but I I, I don't think it's off the table. I think that's a good point. I got a guy. Throw it. I don't know if he's going to be undrafted. I don't want to put that evil on him, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> um, but at the same time, um, his name is uh, Tanner McLachlan. Um, tight end out of Arizona. He's an FSU transfer, wide receiver, converted tight end. Um, he uh, he had the most receptions at Arizona. Even he per- surpassed uh, Gronkowski there. Um, very reliable That's pretty target. pretty good name. Absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely. He has 76 receptions all time, and that's, that's the most in Arizona. Um, I appreciate his speed up the seams. That's, that's one thing that I noticed is that he has that. You can see that he does have some former receiver to him. Um, he's a very willing blocker. I mean, when you go look at him, like, it's not always perfect, don't get me wrong, but the effort in blocking is there, and that means he's coachable, and I like that about him. Um, he really works for his QB as well. I mean, you see his QB scrambling and things like that. He, he's, he's looking to get open for his quarterback, and also, too, he snatches the ball out of the air as well, which is... To me, it kind of speaks to some of his receiver background. He has fluid hips, although you can tell he's still learning how to work angles as a tight end. Again, kind of gives me maybe later, later round guy, mm-hmm. maybe undrafted guy that has such has a lot of things to to work upon. And he's also he got some wiggle to him also in, in the open field. He has some yak ability, can do some things, but he's a hurdler like a guy we got on this team right now. Yeah. He do not like his lesbian taken out like that. But yeah. um I just I just appreciate the player. Like watching him, I watched about three games from him and I was like, okay, this is a solid tight end that mm-hmm. can develop into something uh, good, but he also too can be a reliable receiving option for you. I think right away and help you in the in the passing game. So yeah. Uh Tanner McLaughlin, tight end out of Arizona, is someone that maybe might be somebody. I like it. He's also Canadian. Lethbridge, Alberta. Come on, Ken. Mm. Come on, Canadian. I like it. <laughs> I like it. it. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, it's time for some Twitter on the 20. What position could possibly be double dip territory for the Dallas Cowboys in 2024? Is there a position of need where you could possibly hit two? That's one of the questions. We'll answer a couple more when we come back with more on the trash show. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus. 
at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Dallas Cowboys game time powered by Lenovo, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys. You can sign up now to compete in Fortnite tournaments for a chance to win a VIP experience at the 2024 Dallas Cowboys draft (laughs) party. Qualifiers begin on February 24th and run through the 28th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboys.com slash game time. You play Fortnite, Aisha? I'm not a gamer. Not a gamer? (laughs) I'm not a gamer in the slightest, y'all. I did a couple tournaments for them where I did, like, analyst work, and it was really, really fun. It's intense. The game time stuff is really fun. Now, I wasn't providing analysis on Fortnite. Let me me get it straight. I was doing Madden. That's a good crouch. Yeah. (laughs) Good usage of the... Nice bush. (laughs) But, yeah, I I think it would have been a different thing uh, if it was Fortnite. They've done some, like, Rocket League stuff. It is really, really cool. Cowboys game time presented by Lenovo. Really, really cool event. Go sign up right now. All right. What was that? Are you... I don't do anything until after draft. So ask me like April, what is that, 29th? What is Fortnite? What's the premise anyway? I mean, it's like a first-person shooter, third-person shooter, whatever you call it. And it, you run around and you're in a map and you got to be the last one standing, basically. And you can build things and move around and like loot. You right. grab a lot of it. You heard time. of Call of Duty Warzone? It's, I mean, it gives that feel. It's, yeah, it's it's just a different version. Battle Royale. <laughs> Battle Royale. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Beamer. Beamer is the gamer of the group. That's who you need to be asking. He's the one That's that correct. He carries the squad every night. All right. He also carries our squad into some Twitter, Twitter on the twenty. That's a professional transition. That was a there, great gentlemen. transition. All right, uh, Aisha. I want you to answer this question. The first question of Twitter on the 20 today comes from Lane, and he says, if the Cowboys were to double dip at a position, which one do you feel like is most likely? And he he listed a couple. He said offensive linemen, linebackers, safety, or other, but it could be really whatever position you want. You said you're going to cheat. Yeah. That's kind of why I wanted you to go first. (laughs) Gosh. Um... I think you're gonna. I think you might lose more guys than what you think on the defensive line okay. to free agency. So I'm gonna say the end. Wow, going to pick up multiple edge rushers. I'm not. I'm listen. I'm going out on a limb, but I just do think that you you have quite a few guys that are up, and you, and it is, and this group has been together for a minute. Depends on if you get Dorrance back. Yep. Dante's probably already got a place in Washington. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at who, who else is there. I mean, DT is wise. I mean, Neville Gallimore is a guy. Chauncey's still here. He's still going to be mm-hmm. here, yep. if I'm not yep. mistaken. Um, obviously, you have Micah. That's fine. Jonathan Hankins. Jonathan Hankins. D-Law is still signed. He's here. He's still here. Mm-hmm. But, he's st- but he is getting older, and you need to be able to help him, you know, stay fresh throughout the season. I could – I could see it, maybe. I could maybe, see it. Maybe. I like it. I'm guessing. It's a little, like, out of the of the grand scope. I think the easy answers here uh, are the ones that he answered, is offensive line, linebacker, safety. But if you're talking about an under-the-radar double dip, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, well, I was I initially thought I was going to cheat, but if he said offensive line, I'm saying offensive line. The okay. reason I thought I was cheating is, like, tackle, guard, be specific. But no, I, I think they take oh. two offensive linemen <laughs> uh, in this draft. I mean, we've talked about tackle, getting that in the first round or center. Um, I think whichever one you don't get, you have to get at some point during the draft. Um, I, it would shock me, shock me, if 
there's not two offensive linemen uh, in this draft class. Okay, let's say we are being specific. You're splitting them into three spots, center, guard, tackle. Which one do you feel like would be most likely to double dip going into this draft? Probably tackle. Tackle. Yeah, yeah probably tackle. Just because, because of the value there in the first round, and then you pick up one later to try and develop? Well, that and also the current depth of the of the team. You, you look at uh, the center options that could work for the Dallas Cowboys um, if Tyler Biotis is not in the building anymore. Uh, you look at the tackle options if Tyron Smith is not in the building anymore. I think you're a little bit more thin at tackle in, in that scenario. Who's your tackle right now, your left tackle right now? If, uh, if Tyron Smith if does not the, come back. Because Tyron is – an unrestricted free agent. Chuma Adoga is an unrestricted free agent. Who's your left tackle? Probably either Awesome Richards. Uh, you got Matt Willetsko. You got, um, yeah, t- Tyler Smith. <laughs> uh, I think I think Tyler Smith is my left tackle. Yeah, and that's probably a better Maybe TJ Bass is my left guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stumbling. Mercy. Mercy. And, and that's why it's, but that's another thing that's frustrating again is like we don't know nothing about Awesome. Yeah. Like, it's very limited in what we were able to see from him to even be able to. You was like, you look like uncomfortable saying his name mm-hmm. just now. So, no, it does put you in a tough spot. Um, but I agree with you. I, to your point about some undrafted free agents and stuff like that, some this, this center class is kind of deep, man, like to where I think maybe some guys might be available outside of there. Do you think so? You think everybody's going to grab them? You look at a couple of centers that I think we saw um, throughout the All-Star game week. Hunter Norzad out of Penn State. I know that was yep. a guy that me and I Kyle really liked him. Uh, kind of came together on. Um, you look at Tanner Bordellini out of Wisconsin. That's probably a, a day three, late day three type guy. Yes. Um, Matt Lee out of Miami. So there's, there's going to be some options later in the draft. I, I think if you really want one of these top two centers, though, you got to get them early, yeah. first round or second round. So what that's the second question on Twitter on the 20. A deal says if the Cowboys took offensive tackle early, centers that you were you would consider worthy of replacing a Tyler Biotish at center if you waited till the later round. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking about starting caliber right this second, I think it would have to be a second, third round. Maybe a fourth. That's what Tyler Biotish was, and he was immediately a starter. So second, third, fourth round prospects at center that you would trust to to come in and be ready. You look at Zach Frazier um, out of West Virginia. Um, Dane Brugler talked about him pretty highly whenever he was in here, talking about how he broke his leg on a um, a late drive for West Virginia. And instead of taking the injury timeout and uh, affording um, or costing uh, West Virginia a timeout in that late game scenario, he's crawling off the field with a broken leg and he gets off. And his recovery's actually gone really well. He was at Senior Bowl being able to kind of work through some things. He wasn't on in team drills or anything, but just the fact that he was out there and able to show that he actually can walk with two legs was pretty pretty impressive. And he's 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 a mauler as well in the middle. You'll get Bo Lemmer out of Arkansas. That was a guy I, I talked about a little bit coming out of Senior Bowl as well. We've talked about Cedric Van Prank Ranger out of Georgia uh, on this show as well. Um, I, I think there's some. I think there are some guys, but it, it just kind of depends on what type of guy that they bring in. I, I think they would need a run stopper. You look at Bo Limmer here, uh, right here in the middle for uh, for Arkansas on this film. Shout out to Chris Beam in the back. But uh, just being able to kind of identify where these holes can open up in the middle. But I, I think it's most important to find a center that can run block. And you see what he does here in this run blocking, being able to pave the middle of the uh, uh, the defense right there and create some some short yardage gains. But I think that's probably what you miss with Tyler Biotish at times last year and, and being able to pull in those kind of scenarios. But um, – um, if you can bring in a run block, run block first center, I think you have a guy that could potentially start day one. Yeah, um, I um, well, first before we we get there, did you like some of the things you saw you saw from Dominic Pooney? playing center at the senior bowl yeah didn't get to see him a whole lot but he's okay. a big guy i okay. will say he's a big big guy and he's he's got a lot of positional flex he, mm-hmm. he worked at many different positions uh yeah. in mobile so i i we've talked about a lot of these guys that are center um hybrids you know we've talked about graham barton we yeah. talked about jackson powers johnson mm-hmm. i I think there's probably a need to be able to find a guy who can be able to focus on that run blocking in the interior and has a little bit more of those knacks. Not to say like, ah, don't draft Graham Barton. That's a, that's, I'm not saying that at all, but I want to be able to solidify a run blocker in the middle. I I don't necessarily want to pass protector first. Yeah. Um, I have a guy, um, saw him at the shrine bowl this year, uh, Barnacles. I need to write down. I I didn't write down his school. My bad. I was just taking notes. Uh, Dylan McManon. Um, North Carolina State. Yes, North Carolina State. So you talk about, you know, okay, maybe this guy will be in some of the later rounds. Um, 
his, his, he has a good movement and a strong anchor. You notice it in drills. Crazy vertical, so he's strong out of his stance, very strong out of his stance. So you talk about the run blocking, you want him yep. to get up on, on guys. Um, he's played all across the line, but I think he is a center. That's where I felt like he thrived the most when I saw him. Um, the, hand the hand technique is there. He's not afraid to wrestle and to counter. Um, um, he, has, um, he has consistent good hand placement as well. So again, you're looking for the technique like you just mentioned. He knows how to play this position. He can climb up the field quickly and he can take on angles. I like his motor and he can finish at the second level as well. I do think that this is a gentleman that people will pay attention to in the later rounds, and he showed some good things during the Shrine Bowl, but also during the practices as well. Um, yeah, he's real strong. Uh, that's a center for you. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on him maybe Absolutely. for the later rounds. I like it. Uh, all right, this question comes from Bob. He said, Shut what up, of the right tackles could you see moving over to the left side in the NFL out of this tackle class. A lot of offensive line questions to talk about. Yeah, so I'll jump out with two right off the right off the bat. You look at Talisi Fuaga out of Oregon State. I think yeah. that the, a lot of the appeal is that um, he, he could be a left tackle option. Um, played right tackle mostly with Oregon State, um, and now he's starting to sneak into top 10 pick territory, potentially even. I, I've seen mocks this week that have him wow. above Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, Wow, uh, which is quite wild. Um, not to say it's uh, untrue, but just wild. Uh, Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma, played right tackle uh, for them, um, but can play left tackle. Got a lot of reps at left tackle during the Senior Bowl as well, so uh, that's a guy that could swing around. I, I, I think there's whenever you look at the tackle position and you look at the development with a lot of these guys, you, you see Tyler Guyton here taking some right tackle snaps, but uh, whenever you look at the tackle position, the development, and what they can do at this stage of their career, it's not necessarily a, a situation where if they haven't played left tackle their entire life, that they can't do it, especially with the offensive line development that we've seen in Dallas you know, being able to bring a guy that is mainly focused in at right tackle, it doesn't take that long to be able to work at left. I think the only time you would run into an issue where that couldn't happen is if there's mobility concerns. And if there's mobility concerns, you probably don't want him at tackle anyway. Probably not. So um, I, I'm, I'm not really concerned about any guy who would have a ton of right tackle experience at this stage of his career, 22, 23 years old, and coming in as a left tackle. Mm. I love how every time the, the film starts rolling in the studio, we've got three monitors in here now where we used to only like... have the one, and the three monitors are all have the, the highlights, and we're all such film junkies that we just get locked in on the film, and we're like looking for hand placement and technique, and we're trying to move around and see what Tyler Guyton's doing here to win this rep and things like that. Or lose this rep. Or lose this rep. He's about to lose this rep. <laughs> what I will say, um, is it important? We Again, we've talked about this. We haven't really talked about right tackle like that. Where's your depth at right tackle? I'll wait. Exactly. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the same th tackle in general. And that, that's kind of like what I'm speaking yeah, to as well. This, yeah, the flexibility is going to matter because you, at the very least, you need a suitable swing yep. to be able to come in if, if necessary. So I, I guess right tackle is not something that a lot of people are just thinking like you will be looking at, but you should be maybe looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try to check out some of the later round guys and, and see if we can find some guys with how the draft is set up for the Cowboys, see if there's some guys that stand out. A couple of interesting later round guys that I've seen over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, you look at Ethan Driscoll out of Marshall, big guy, um, every bit of 6'6". I don't have his official listing, but he's he was one of the taller tackle prospects, and he moves really well. Uh, I, I think the only thing that he kind of lacks is experience in dealing with crafty pass rushers. Mm -hmm. uh, you can tell that uh, Marshall, gosh, they're in the Sun Belt now, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, Marshall in the Sun Belt being able to deal with a lot of power guys that come off that edge. Um, and he was lining up against more athletic guys like Laiatu out of uh, UCLA during Senior Bowl. So just kind of being able to account for that, I think that's why he'd probably be a later round guy. And you uh, look at Christian Jones out of Texas. You look at experience, gosh, 45 games uh, plus of experience at Texas for uh, uh, Christian Jones working at right tackle. He got a little bit of work at left tackle before Kelvin Banks came into the equation. But uh, being able to work at right tackle really, really helped him as well and uh i think beams yeah cooking up some film here on on <laughs> christian jones but you you see his power you see the experience and and just being able to come out of that set as as natural as he does um that's what makes christian jones really impressive as a tackle prospect i think he's a high floor guy and a low ceiling you know what you're going to get out of him mm -hmm. um and, and i think he is a guy that contri could contribute at the nfl level i think whatever team he lands on he lands on an nfl roster will he start day one probably not but i think he's definitely a guy you would love to have in your room as a depth option uh, you you've seen what tackle depth can be so important towards in, in the nfl 
NFL in these days. You know, there was times early in the season where Chumi Doga was uh, an, a, a reliable depth option. I think once you got to the Miami game, you probably exhausted that a little bit. But to be able to have a guy that you can trust in, in those depth options, I think Christian Jones is one of them. It's almost like the same scouting report we were giving Awesome Richards last year out of North Carolina. That's High fair. floor, low ceiling guy. You kind of know what you get. Depth as he develops into the league. And like Aisha said, that's part of the frustration with Richards is that you thought it was a high floor, so you want to see that development. You haven't necessarily seen it yet. All right, this question comes from Eric. He says, outside of the top three wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State, Malik Neighbors, LSU, and then Romeo Dunze from Washington, anybody slips to 24 that would interest you? Outside of those three guys, would you take a pick at 24 at one of these wide receivers in a a C.D. Lamb scenario, even though I would argue C.D. Lamb was a part of the big three? back in 2020 i don't think there's one you take at 24 no. if it's one of those uh, brian thomas jr i i'll throw that name LSU? out there yeah lsu brian thomas jr i think that's one that you probably toy with the idea of um but you look at the needs on this team and you look at where they need to beef up certain areas yeah. I, I just I, I i struggle with taking a wide receiver in the first round they need one at some point though and, and that's why when we were throwing out those theoreticals on uh or hypotheticals on tuesday yeah. i kind of inserted brendan rice in that equation just because it wouldn't surprise me if they took a gamble on one in the third round i think there's going to be a run of receivers in the third round if you want to get in on one that, that can be productive early i think that's when you need to take one uh but at 24 I, I struggle with taking anybody outside of those top four and i would include brian thomas jr in that equation uh, but i think there's some late first round guys that are really fun so troy no, franklin out of oregon yeah keon coleman troy out of franklin, florida state yeah so there's there's definitely some interesting options, but with as deep as this receiver class is, in my opinion, uh, you want to wait till the third round. I think. Yeah, it's very deep. It's a lot of guys that interest you. I mean, I have not gotten the chance to talk about him much, but um, I like the gentleman out of A and M. is it Ananias? Ananias. Ananias Smith. Yeah. Ananias Smith. Um, he stood out to me when I watched him the other night. Let me get to his. He is so shifty yes oh my gosh he is electric with the ball in his hand you talk about yards after the catch it returns i mean he he is lightning in a bottle Mm. fast and i think there were some like there were some questions with with texas a&m fans just throughout Mm -hmm. the years of uh certain parts of his game the i think ball tracking i mean he has the speed to be a deep threat but he wasn't very good at tracking the ball yes to make it happen uh and then he wasn't a contested catch guy he wasn't going to go up and make a grab so those were the kind of things with smith specifically out of a&m that man he's got all these tools he's got all these things but if you can't catch the ball in contested scenarios then it's going to hurt you a little bit. I wonder what I mean I, I do think it depends on your scheme and what you're trying to do because he's bursty he's good his short area of quickness is yeah. good but he's he's trustworthy and he's versatile but he's creative in his route running as well he's tough also too for his size I mean he'll get out there and block he'll get out there and willingly do some things so to your point about the contested catch thing it's like okay well is that something that we can work on is that something we can add I think, if you I don't do put think, him in that situation then yeah. all of a sudden he's a weapon for yeah, you. Yeah I think some of the running back experiences that he has gives him um, good vision in the open field and allows him to be elusive. But it's interesting because last year we talked about there weren't that many small guys. There were more small guys last year. This year, that's like far and fewer in between as far as the size goes. So you, you, I do wonder their approach this year where you have more of the traditional looking wide receivers what happens with some of the smaller guys? Or do do people really just still look at, like, okay, a Tank Dale is that is a flower. Some of these guys were still able to be successful. Does that change some of the ideology behind if they're going to take some of these smaller guys or not? Or is it going to go right back to normal and some of these little guys are going to fall? I think it's more of an overall view of the receiver position and the guys that you've been able to hit on mm-hmm. uh, as far as early picks and the guys you haven't been able to hit on. I think there's probably some truth to that. But I, the, the way the receiver position is trending in the last three drafts, and going forward a receiver is just going to be deep for big receivers uh, traditional receivers that six one six two type feel and then the smaller receiver sub six foot I, I think you have um i think you have depth at all three of those spots this year i think there's maybe more of a lack of big body guys um but i i don't think there would be a change of philosophy no okay. well, and smith specifically he's shorter than tank dell he's five foot nine tank dell is five ten and I, I mean what was dell's at the combine i actually i take it back Dells at the combine was five eight and three eights, so he's, he's real long, uh, real small. Smith is one ninety, mm-hmm. at least that's what it was measured at at the Senior Bowl. So mm-hmm. 
190 in terms of weight. He's about 30 pounds heavier than what Tank Dell was. And he might be a smidgen taller, but not by a lot. So uh, I think it depends on maybe the the weaponry and what they bring from a skill set standpoint more than anything. I think the the tale of the tale is that the you can be a small receiver and have success in the NFL. We've you seen can. it this year. Zay Flowers had a great year. You had Tank Dell who had a phenomenal rookie campaign. You've got guys that you can rely on that are maybe a little bit smaller. Why not? All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, I want to talk about the safety position. There's a lot of talk about the defensive coordinator search and what's going on in Dallas. And, of course, with Dan Quinn's departure, so is maybe the departure of a philosophy around the safety position. We will talk about that and how it could affect the NFL draft when we come back right after this. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl, handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Come on out to AT&T Stadium on February 24th for the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship Series. Watch the world's best two-wheel racers converge for one night of nonstop action. Enjoy unprecedented access to the sport's biggest stars with an up-close view of their race bikes and team rigs at FanFest. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. That's Breed used to be provider of AT&T Stadium. But you got to run it all back. Now they're a partner here. Yeah, there you go. Come on out. To, no, I'm just kidding. Back here with Nick Harris, Aisha Morrison, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And we haven't really talked about the safety position a whole lot on this show just yet. We've mentioned a couple names here and there, mostly with Tell Me More and a, a couple of conversations. But with the way that Dan Quinn utilized safeties, when he first arrived in Dallas in 2021 and revolutionized what this franchise viewed the safety position as. And say what you want about the 2023 season. A couple guys had some down years. I thought Donovan Wilson was very good this year. Malik Cooker and J. Ron Kirst probably had their uh, their lowest year as a Cowboy. It wasn't an awful year from the safety group, but maybe under the radar for the most part. Does that change the way you look at the safety position in the NFL draft now that Dan Quinn is gone going into 2024 because this is a franchise that has never 
<laughs> really valued that position until Quinn came in and used it the right way. I think that's tough to answer without a coordinator in the building. Yeah. Um, you look at what the safeties have brought since Dan Quinn has been here, but you also look at what that sacrifice is at times, and, and maybe it's a, uh, you know, having those three safeties on the field at all times, it's maybe lacks a little size in some areas and you take away, but um, I think that's tough to answer without a coordinator in the room. It, let's say based off of the coordinator candidates that you've, you've seen and that you've, you've known enough about the way that they run their defense. Yeah. Who would probably fit the safety position the best? Um, who would be? I mean, you look at New York Jets safeties coach Marquand Manuel. Right. <laughs> Pretty good one, right? Uh, and and you look at what he brought from Quinn's philosophy as a defensive coordinator in Atlanta. It's it's very similar to what Quinn ran. Um, I, I think there's a, a little bit of. Um, uh, unfair uh kind of pinning onto Aiden Dirty as far as if he was to take the defensive coordinator job the scheme remains the same everything remains the same um I don't think that's the case I think there's more of an emphasis up front um there's a reason that he was a defensive line coach he's been a linebackers coach he's a front seven main guy you look at Quinn I mean he he was his focus was in the secondary and you yeah. look at all of his spawns in the coaching tree those are all secondary guys as well I think Aiden Dirty probably brings what the, that that pass rush has been over the course of the last three years sure Quinn's a big part of it as well but you look at what Dirty has accomplished I mean that's why this Seattle Seahawks want to interview him that's why he's always brought up whenever defensive coordinator positions come open I, I think if you want an emphasis up front you look at Aiden Dirty you look at Mike Zimmer if you want to stay in the secondary and be able to focus on things in the defensive backfield then you maybe look at uh, uh, Marquand Manuel or you know some of the other uh, candidates as well yeah it depends on um, for me it depends on how you handle the linebacker position even so because from this year, from this season, I mean, the reason why some of the safeties were doing linebacker stuff was just the lack of depth at linebacker and things like that. So you sure up that position, I think it allows your safeties to play a little bit more free in a sense. I also will say I am really looking at Marquise Bell and his usage moving forward. Yeah. I would like to see him be a safety, big dog. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've watched him in practices and stuff do safety things, and it seems like that's where he thrives at. Um, I, I don't know if you – and then also, too, we had Wanye on earlier. You got guys You got guys in this room that I think you can get on the field and, and um, be able to play well. So I wonder if they even do touch the safety position at all. I wouldn't yeah. mind it. But I just wonder if it's if they even feel like it's a need because you do have somewhat adequate depth there right now, which is something you haven't been able to say in a minute. And whenever they signed Marquise Bell back after the 2022 draft, one of the things that we said about him in terms of a comp, comp was J. Ron Curse. He mm -hmm. could do J. Ron Curse things because of the size, because of the athleticism. And if he's playing linebacker, that proves that fact. And I think if they move him back and they put him in a similar role – He'd probably be more successful in what Curse was doing, maybe even more than what Curse was doing this past year. Yeah, I will say one thing. I mean, the Cowboys didn't run a crap ton of too high safety or split safety. Maybe you might see that difference come into play as far as having more of the coverage safeties out there and then your guys closer to the line of scrimmage. I do think that maybe a Donovan Wilson or somebody could benefit from being closer to the line of scrimmage consistently um, than doing a whole bunch in coverage as he was, especially this past year. Yeah, they ran single high safety 66% of the time. That was third most in the NFL. Split safety 31% of the time. And if it was third most in the NFL, it's third least in the NFL in terms of split safeties. Yeah. yeah, and I think it wasn't first because of the injuries you had late in the season to Jonathan Hankins and then yeah. Gilmore in the Washington mm -hmm. game. So they kind of had to revert back Maneuver. to the split safety yeah. looks at times. Right. Right. So, yeah, I do think some of those gentlemen like Awanye Thomas or um, Marquise Bell, some of those guys could benefit from, you know, you doing that a little bit more. And then we've also seen that it, it gives defense, it gives offenses trouble in the league. So let's try it. So let's tell, talk about some of these prospects then. We, I think right up at the top of the list, you've got a couple names that, that you've heard before. Kalen Bullock, USC, Javon Bullard from Georgia, Tyler Newbin, Minnesota, Cameron Kitchens from Miami. Those are all names that we've thought about. Anybody stick out to you out of that group that you like the most in terms of – uh, just the safety position, not necessarily talking about Cowboys fits, but just in general. I, I've talked about a couple of these guys on the show pretty in-depth, and I'm going to go ahead and, and regurgitate those points. Cameron Kitchens will start there. A hard-hitting, rangy safety that can be trusted on that single high island. Um, he, he ran a lot of that for, for, for Miami. Um, if that's the need that you want for the Cowboys, and I think that's a guy you could have behind Malik Hooker. And he's, uh, but he brings that physicality that, that Donovan Wilson has been able to be famous for here at Dallas and mm -hmm. being able to lay a pop on somebody. Uh, just go look at some Cameron Kitchens 
Hitchens highlights, and you're going to be very excited with what you see. Senior Bowl guy, too. Yeah, uh, he was not there, um, but oh. he, he was... Uh, he was he, invited. Yeah, he was invited. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he he runs a lot of blitz packages, too, and and he, man, he, he, he knows exactly where to come, what hole to come down. Uh, really aggressive, and I think that's maybe to a fault at times, because mm-hmm. um, he gives up some big things over the top, which I think would be perfect for a Dallas Cowboys defense, right? Mm. Uh, another guy I've talked about quite a bit is Tyler Newbin out of Minnesota. I, I've said it before. I think he's the best run defending safety in this class. Um, elite run defender out of the third level, and he can play up to the line of scrimmage on early downs. Um, he's really trusted. I, he's a guy that I think coaches go out there and say, okay, you know what's going to be happening on this early down situation. You have the freedom to go wherever you want on the field because he has that much trust in IQ to be able to let, line up on the line of scrimmage, identify early what's going on. And, and there were plays at Minnesota last year where it was first and 10, uh, beginning a drive on the 25-yard line, and teams were going to try to bait him with a play action and a really well-designed play action. And he identified it immediately and was able to drop back into coverage. And he's, he's really impressive. I love Tyler Newbin. I, I think he's a guy that's going to make a lot of money in the NFL. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Miami. I wanted to bring up uh, that gentleman, uh, Cameron Kitchens, a teammate, James Williams, strong safety, um, 6'5", 215 pounds. He stood out to me as well. You talk about – I think that's kind of embedded in them as far as the aggression because – Yo, he's chirpy too. He he's in your face, gonna let you know he's there all day as well. Um, he seems like he takes pride in his tackling, like you, you mentioned about the other gentleman, um, and making his presence felt. Um, he has to. I think he has to sink his hips a little bit more in his back pedal and uh, not play so tall because he is so tall, which is difficult. But um, he can give your if you have a rushing QB and you think he think he about to just be running around there free and stuff, he's gonna make him pay. Yeah. He, he definitely is that that thumper that wants to come downhill and let you know you're there. Um, he has impressive range and um, burst and coverage, and so he can cover a lot of grass. He attacks angles wide, but he has the recovery speed to get there. Um, so, you know, maybe there's some things he can work on in that regard. Um, he can get square and take on alignment and running backs. He's not afraid to. And um, he processes early in reps, and that allows him to play free. That was something that stood out to me. Um, I do think he has to do a little bit better of job getting his depth at times. And then also, too, uh, he can over-pursue, like your guy yep. talked about. But that's that aggression, and you got to find a balance there with him. Um, and, and really learn how to balance his temperament because he is a hair on fire. I'm here. I'm about to let you know I'm here all day. Maybe, you know, you get a coach that can balance that temperament and help him use it in a good way. But he stood out to me when I was watching Kitchen. So that's funny yeah. that you brought him up. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Instead of safety, James Williams, can I interest you in linebacker James Williams? But I hear you though because he has that intensity and Mm -hmm. he has that processing, quick reaction, come downhill. I'm not afraid to take on an O lineman. I'm not afraid to take on a running back. I can do it. If a tight end is going to be out there, I'm going to punch him too. Like, I I can see that. That's crazy. You said, okay. Worked a lot of linebacker reps at at Senior Bowl. Uh, You look at how much uh, Miami ran single high last year and how where they trusted James Williams in the second level at times. Uh, I think there's some versatility there with uh, safety linebacker hybrid work. I love that. Oh, well, I mean, Gator Ties, you speak in somebody's language. He ain't here no more. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever's in here may not love it as much, and I think the fans at home are probably like, no, please, no more linebacker safety hybrids. But he's he's built more for that than what Marquise Bell was. Marquise Bell is a true safety. Mm-hmm. And they moved him the linebacker out of need. And they, he did a nice job, I thought. I, playing out of position, he did what he could. And he wasn't great at linebacker, but he was he was doing what he could. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we get out of here, I want you to give me your pick for the Super Bowl. Who's winning it? Chiefs, 49ers. Hey, I grew up in uh, Chapel Hill, Texas, which is 10 minutes down the street from White House, Texas, where Patrick Mahomes grew up. So I'm taking the Chiefs all every single time. Mm. I refuse to pick the 49ers. The Philly is our rival the 49ers are our nemesis at this point. Mm. Absolutely not. I'm going with the Chiefs. <laughs> I like the way you said that. You should make a What does your brain t-shirt? tell you, though? Because my brain probably tells me something different. My heart, it's going in a different direction. I just can't pick. Like, one thing I have noticed about this playoffs, and, and honestly, I like what the Chiefs are doing to what – Y'all don't don't start with me. What the Warriors did the last year that Steph they won the, they won the championship when people didn't think they could do it. It gives me that vibe from Patrick Mahomes. It's mm. like, oh y'all, you think y'all, this is his last ride? Y'all thought I was done? <laughs> no, I don't. I think that they're continuing to yeah. to figure things out. But a lot of people did not think this team was going to be here this year. I think yeah. they got a little chip on their shoulder. But their yeah. their experience, they're one of the only teams that I feel like I've seen that experience seems like it actually has mattered. It definitely does. It, it, it seems like it actually has shown up in these games. And so for me, 
I'm like, yeah, I think the 49ers have a fantastic roster. They can get it done. But I'm just not picking against these people because they somehow figure it out. I yeah. hate it. I hate it. I'm yeah. sick of both of them. They I want to throw it. up at both of them, but they find a way to do it. Yeah. So Travis Kelsey's on our TV right now. He's wearing an Alpine I don't F1 see racing him. hat. So I'm sick of seeing him. I, don't I, see him. I think he's going to win it. Uh, <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me the Chiefs to win. I think I'm right there with you, Nick. My my head probably says, man, the 49ers are stacked all the way across the board. But yeah. my heart says, I don't want to talk about the 49ers. I will throw up. I've yeah, been a Brock Purdy Chiefs. fan on, on many shows. I, I I don't like the hate around Brock Purdy. No, He's I done don't. really it's, it's well. But point. I do think the Chiefs defense is going to give him issues. Yeah. I, I That defensive unit is really strong. The only thing that we can look forward to is that when teams win the Super Bowl, they typically separate. So, Yeah. Let the 49ers crumble. Both of these teams were in the Super Bowl in 2020. Oh, I was going to ask you guys, before we go, leave me alone. They figured it out. They did. They did. They figured it out, which a lot of teams don't. But I do want to ask you guys, with these teams that are in the Super Bowl, will they have coaches that are looking for other opportunities and stuff? And do you think that's going to matter? Do you think that maybe some of these gentlemen are people that people look at after? No. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating thought. The Chiefs defensive line coach has actually gotten a lot of college love. Uh, he was in the mix for the Michigan defensive coordinator job, which could be going to Wink Martindale, oddly enough. Um, I, I think that's one you look at. Uh, Niners, I, I think there's going to be a guy out of uh, the Niners every year that ends up getting a job yep. somewhere, but there's not many open positions. I think you would probably have to look at the Seahawks or a uh, college opportunity. I'm only asking Or the just Cowboys defensive coordinator position. That's why I'm asking because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it is going to be late, but you're already late. Yeah, you mean you, we you said it at the well. beginning of the show. It's not like it's hurting you by waiting and looking at your candidates. There's not a whole lot of spots open. Yeah. Tracking. Fair. Okay, I just want to ask. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I'm not tampering. Okay. The only thing that this tells you right now is <laughs> that they they might like a candidate, but they haven't gone. That's the one yet. Absolutely. They haven't they haven't been completely st- sold on their guys. That's what this is telling you right now. Does it mean that they don't like uh, a Mike Zimmer? Does it mean they don't like Ron Rivera? Does it mean they don't like Adam Dirty? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that they want to at least go and look at their options, possibly to see if they have a guy that they fall in love with. And if not, they'll make a hire based off of who's the best candidate. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) Get it done. That's going to do it for us here on the Draft Show. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Make sure and drink responsibly with Miller Lite throughout the weekend. And uh, have a great turnaround. We'll be back on Tuesday. How about that? Your sponsor's dream, Kyle. I know. All right. Chris Beam, Nick Harris, Aisha Morrison. We'll have Brian, Zach, and Bobby back next week. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Draft Show. We'll see you then. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?